0: pay 90 for this? 90 dirham. 90? 90? <laughs> I love that people that send up. OK. So it's 90 once, 90 twice. Sold for 90 dirham. There you go. Thank you very much. There you go. This is to support Dream City, the first. <laughs> oh, you have to give him, so then he will sign it later. Thank you very much. Um, Adela, I want to thank you. Uh, thank you so much for all the work that you're doing this afternoon and yesterday. Uh, thanks, everybody, for being here. As said earlier, this is the last talk, but we have a little bit more of forum later on a ladies Thank um where uh, Francesca, Laila, and others will introduce us to the show that just opened. Um, But today, one of the things that we have been hearing a lot is, uh, of course, the complexity of putting together projects in public space, projects within institutions, affecting an institutional framework, but also working despite the contemporary institutional framework that exists. What can we do in the absence of... Um, network or in the access of institutions, or in the access of, in the absence, sorry, of um, political uh, frameworks that allows for uh, cultural initiatives that we want to uh, endure, right? How we can engage with that, how we can grow from failures. And I was saying to uh, Sofiane earlier that I was extremely happy that he mentioned um, the difficulties uh, and and how much he and his sister had to fought during 15 years to obtain the project that then we saw with these images, as transformative uh, as it is for the city of Tunis and for the inhabitants of that city. Um, But um, now it's uh, the turn to talk about other things. Um, One of the, so as I was saying, one of the key things, uh, not only uh, for me, but also for the showroom as institutions, which it aims to bring discursive and collaborative practices together, production of work with uh, people in communities that are uh, near us. We have been discussing the context. We have been discussing the idea of producing collab- collaboratively or curating collaboratively. Uh, was also to um, introduce this, this group of panelists. And the idea for us is to have a conversation around the projects that you have produced, um, basically in, in the attempt to challenge uh, those limits, um, those given limits. No? <clears throat> and I'm entitled, uh, I wonder if somebody in the audience or here in the table can, can tell me how they will translate agency, because it's in, into French. It's, it's a very specific term in, in English, but enacting agencies for, for me has been as a, is, has been extremely important. No? How to talk about um, Something that provides or, or, or bring back power to agents uh, um, that <coughs> perhaps been, have been deprived of it. How how would you translate in agency French? in French here? en español también es muy difícil. Por eso no sé. No, no doesn't do it right. There's something about that term, anyhow. Well, maybe we unpack the meaning with, uh, with the projects and then at the end of the talk, perhaps we have a better term uh, to, to talk about this. Um, but in Spanish, I, I, won't, I, won't, I won't know how to say it either. Porque it, it is something about power, but it's something beyond the power. It's the execution of the power. Mm-hmm. And with the agency comes the, also the possibility of being, um, <laughs> yeah, empowerment, yes. Autonomous. Autonomous, those are good, yeah. Very good. Okay. So, <clears throat> as, as we're going along, uh, we have here Hansi Momodu-Gordon. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to talk a little uh, too much about the, the, who, the your bias, because I feel like in the way that you talk about your project, this will uh, be uh, more evident. Uh, but as I was saying, um, uh, Hansi Momodu-Gordon, uh, uh, coming here to talk a little bit about Future Assembly, what it means as a project. Um, Francesca Masoero to talk about Canate and uh, the project that uh, they run in CRIVI. And uh, Carlos Perez Marin, co founder of uh, Caravan Tief- Tief- Mert, Um talk a little bit about as i was saying models and methodologies for community-based and peer-to-peer engagement project right Uh, we're going to start with hansi uh, the ideas that you guys talk a little bit for five to ten minutes about your project and then we engage a conversation that we can open uh, to the public thank you so much for that
1: is this on yeah everyone hear me okay all right thank you Elvira. Um, So I prepared some images for you, um, but I'm not going to talk to each specific slide so I think it's just going to be rolling on in the background so you'll get a little bit of a sense of um, what I'm describing. So that can start whenever we're ready. So what I want to do is just introduce um, Future Assembly. Um, Future Assembly is a long-term curatorial project that I initiated in 2015. It's now in its second session Um, And so far, it's taken the form of residencies in London, in Cambridge, in Johannesburg, and soon in Lagos. It's also uh, a platform for commissioning exhibitions and public talks. Um, So this can just, is this going to be rolling through or? Yeah, so you'll get an idea. Future Assembly really exists to generate spaces of exchange where artists from Africa and the global diaspora can experiment, can gain visibility and can connect with other creative practitioners. It really shifts shapes depending on the partnerships and the opportunities that arise throughout the process. So I often bring together multiple organisations in disparate locations across the UK but also Africa. At the centre of Future Assembly is a bespoke residency and it invites an artist or two to spend some time in another city immersed in the art ecology of that place. And running alongside this is a a curatorial conversation between myself and the artist. Now, my personal journey is that I entered into the art world um, via Lagos and via the Centre for Contemporary Art. But when I I went back to the UK um, and kind of resettled myself in London, I was increasingly dislocated from the artists in Lagos and from the scene there. I really felt that I needed to reconnect with what was happening around me and find a way to kind of re-engage with with that context and also what was happening in Africa, but on my own terms. So from 2011 to 2015, I was assistant curator at Tate Modern where I worked with Elvira. And my time at Tate really taught me a very detailed approach to how the Western Museum um, and art institution goes about acquiring, presenting and engaging with artists. Um, and uh, and engaging with art, but also artists from the continent and from the diaspora. So when I left to work independently, it was really important for me to figure out exactly how I wanted to engage um, and create meaningful work, Um, really again just kind of on my own terms. So what that meant for me uh, was establishing uh, longer term connections. I wanted to create a space for experimentation that was outside of the circuits of commerce So I wanted to leave room for failure, for chance, but also for ambiguity. And it was really important to me to develop ongoing conversations. So I've been beginning to understand my own curatorial practice more recently as fundamentally a design practice. I'm really excited about some of the possibilities that that opens up. And one of the things that I've learned recently from uh, my fellow service designers is the phrase people before programme. And for me, that really resonated with the way that I kind of work curatorially. So it's very much about a kind of deep research around the user or the audience or the context and then using this as a way to generate programs. So in terms of future assembly, how that works is that I will first assemble some partners, so organizations locally but also on the continent. Through that, we will generate a long list of artists, and this is about collective knowledge and collective networks that already exist. Um, from the long list of artists we'll collectively choose and select um, and then from the artists who take part in the residency we kind of co-design in, um, what the residency will be depending on their specific areas of interest um, and inquiry. And then from the residencies other forms of programme develop. Um, so the other kind of designerly approach that I have kind of thought about in terms of my practice, um, comes from uh, Simone Cesaro and the Platform Design Toolkit. Now, I've also learned from designers the power of platform design. And this is an an emerging model that's been enabled by technology. um, And it's synonymous with things like Airbnb. And again, kind of retrospectively, I've begun to think of future assembly as a kind of platform design. So Simone Cesaro um, describes platforms this way. Platforms proposed well-formed experiences to users and continuously operates a trade-off between a design-led vision, what the experience should be, and a user-led, validated feedback of what customers want. So for me, Future Assembly is about responding to the needs of a local context, pooling the collective knowledge of the partners and people involved, and responding to the interests and inquiries of the artists, following the path that that opens up continuously learning and doing this peer-to-peer so the other aspect of platforms and design thinking is in, in identifying existing incentives and motivations and designing the platform along these lines so I'm never very good in speaking in other people's words but I think there's some important quotes that I wanted to get across Um, So an example of how that works with Future Assembly um, is through the agency that comes through the exposure to new contexts and perspectives. So another thing that I learned from my time at Tate was that the global artists who were entering into the collection tended to be those who had had reached beyond their immediate locale and had entered into some kind of cross-cultural dialogue and exchange. And for me, Future Assembly enables this. So um, by inviting artists into different spaces, And from the artist's perspective, it also brings an entirely new way of thinking about themselves and their work. I also observed that in many countries on the continent, but also other parts of the world, um, and this was an observation uh, and the kind of different critical aspects to come into this, but I observed that artists who were gaining the most traction were those who had had some kind of exposure in the West. And again, Future Assembly attempts to understand what these motivations and incentives might mean, So I tried to work with that power play around the notion of visibility as made in the West and use that um, to our own ends within Future Assembly. So just to wrap up, um, Future Assembly is now a cornerstone of my curatorial practice. It very much developed as a need to engage with the place that I was in and to connect to artists in London and the diaspora. It's a constant process of collaborative learning it asks what could we ignite through a shifting context, through a share of access to knowledge, to people and things. And I just want to end with a quote from Bruce Lee, um, which is <laughs> all knowledge ultimately is self-knowledge.
0: Thank you. Um. We're going to continue. So the, the, there, are, there are several issues that you have mentioned that are important that we have been discussing these days. No? Long-term relationship, uh, the need to explore the context, and this context for you is both um, uh, the UK and London, where, and, and, and perhaps even the institution, no? the institution that didn't allow you to produce the work that you, the, 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 both the curatorial but the thinking work around curating uh, that you have in mind and And also uh, the possibility of of engaging in in that way with the different plan that you put in place so i'm I'm very interested in the model I think the the sort of the retrospective view um now from from this design platform is very interesting of some of the things that we were talking earlier about how one can create networks that also operate beyond the bigger um the let's say the the big moments of 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 international exposure No, like uh, um as i'm I'm talking about your question marta earlier when um when you were asking about the network, no? and how to survive in a, a cultural climate, which I hope you guys uh, are able to respond, particularly Francesca as well, uh, as part of Ladies' Week, maybe not in your presentation, but later in the conversation. No? How can one uh, survive a city no? that has this engagement with uh, tourism? What is the life beyond uh, the moment where the fair is produced or the biennial used to happen? No, What happened during the year, and, and what is it no? that we want to uh, as, as cultural agents to achieve of, of those moments in which the light, let's say, or the focus is somewhere else. No? And uh, but I want you to to talk a bit about other projects now. Um, with that note. I have just a question for now. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: if I want to change the slides, uh, I, yes, there is. is yeah, is can, yeah. That and that is a up and down. Yeah.
0: okay. They have a little bit of.
2: So hi everyone and thanks Elvira and the Forum uh, 154 Forum team to invite me uh, to yeah, introduce a little bit CANAT, uh, which is a collective research and experimental platform that I co-initiated uh, in the framework of Ladies with some years ago. Um, and I actually think it's quite relevant to uh, understand Kanat uh, as part of the history in itself uh, as much as uh, some of the dynamics that interest both the spatial and cultural context of uh, the city of Marrakech. Um, which, as uh, many people uh, in the room already know, I believe could be uh, apprehended uh, mainly today uh, through its profound and often uneven fractures uh, that traverse the city. Um, And I'm actually not going to go in details into the uh, dynamics of Marrakech, but uh, what is certainly uh, one important aspect that somehow influenced the beginning of Kanat was um, the visibility of the um, somehow uh, stratification and segmentalization that specially exist um, in the city uh, and that make um, public spaces but also intimate spaces to socialize, accessible uh, just to certain people uh, rather than others. And actually this somehow lack of spaces uh, has been at the very um, core of the the creation of Lady's Suite uh, itself Um, that was somehow an intuitive answer uh, to that from Leila and Isham that I saw coming in in the uh, room. and certainly, Le Desuit throughout uh, that was created in 2013, throughout time managed to uh, really become a space for uh, for a community uh, of practitioners, but also non-practitioners, uh, creating a space of exchange uh, and gathering and share of, of knowledge and and, um, and practices uh, for uh, a local community uh, of artists, uh, but also for a foreign community uh, of people that were allowed, particularly through the rest is to actually navigate the city a bit in a different way, way. Um, and that has somehow developed um, and evolved uh, through uh, affinities and affiliations and uh, connections and friendships in the city and at the the national level too, actually. in 2017, when Canat uh, started, uh, we reached a point in which we were somehow ready to also uh, step out of our own physical space. Um, and Canat has been only one out of um, different uh, projects uh, that, uh, that uh, we have uh, developed more or less in the last few years that was really trying to also uh, work more systematically on the socioeconom- uh, socioeconomic and or, uh, environmental environmental uh, situations um, that we were seeing in, um, in the city. Um, and in fact, the, the project is, uh, as I said, a platform uh, that aims at exploring the politics and poetics of water as a way to investigate and engage um, in the diverse and contextual understandings the declinations of the commons. Um, uh, f- following the remarkable work of historians like Mohamed El-Faiz, but also sociologist Paul Pascon, our entry point and source of inspiration is actually the material and symbolic um, structure of the kanat, or the khitara, which means channel uh, in, in Arabic, and there is a trans-regional infrastructural model of water management that emerged centuries ago across North Africa, uh, the Mediterranean, Southeast Asia, and Latin America. At the foundation of Marrakesh, once known as a garden city uh, and that used to have 50% of its medina um, covered by both not only private but also public gardens, this system of underground channels um, and wells embodied a specific social contract that was grounded on an understanding of water as a communal resource operating across territorial divides within and beyond the city margins. And in correspondence with this political and poetic um, pregnancies of this of this infrastructure cannot uh, start delineating a uh, cartography that turns around the notions of memory desire and imaginaries and tries to interlace uh, the reactivation of contextual memories of water cosmologies and political ecologies with the creation of spaces uh, that try to bring closer desires, knowledges, and practices triggered by water as a way to make emerge collective and potentially shared future imaginaries. So in Marrakech, we somehow try to uh, explore the effects that the decline of the kanat has had on the inhabitants' relationship with water, uh, with the idea of the commons, uh, of public space, and of being in common. Uh, we try to map the existing legacies of this, si- this system that often are embodied by very ephemeral acts of resistance to water privatization. And here, uh, this actually is somehow a, a very simple example of, of how uh, public fountains are re Reported in common by um, by individuals uh, all over the Medina, um, and to do this we uh, endorse a praxis that uh, we draw from Dutch artist uh, Janne Van Esvik, that talks about preparing for the not yet, um, which invites cultural actors to radicalize localities, and by ra- radicalizing uh, she means uh, a process of both rooting and making emerge um, collective understandings uh, against existing socioeconomic and cultural and epistemic fractures, uh, moving from the local scale but also aspiring to uh, create uh, translocal alliances. So entering the not yet demands uh, to effectively engage uh, with and draw from the existing flaws uh, that forge the otherwise that are already creating radical imaginaries uh, actually on the ground in our our cityscapes. So it's not about inventing something new or putting a new image on a community you want to work with, but actually understand and listen deeply to what this community is already carrying um, and what is already practicing in a way. this somehow also demands, uh, which is something that is not always easy to do, to withhold um, preset knowledges and models of functioning, and try to uh, grasp uh, needs and desires um, as a premise to bring um, bring them more proximate and create uh, more collective understandings. So somehow in this spirit, Kanat is trying to build an infrastructure that encompasses a school of water in a way uh, that are different time spaces for collective learnings uh, but also playgrounds in which potentially we could uh, invest uh, the city um, uh, also, ar- We are also working on an archive of water politics and poetics um, and a series of, of edited uh, objects, books, and, and not only. Uh, there are imagined as entangled carriers uh, that would help gathering but also circulating all the knowledge and practices that the project has uh, collected or encountered. Um, This is a very ambitious configuration um, that uh, we have just started working on, actually. um, And that has been uh, emerging through a lot of conversations with the various people that have been uh, involved uh, in the project since 2017. Um, And in a way, Cannata project Is becoming canata the infrastructure in or this rhizome of uh, of different galleries and lines that are little by little have uh, multiplied and intersecting each other. um, by the very fact that beyond um, uh, running activities, we have been staging an, op- uh, an open um, invitation to people to actually contribute to the project uh, in terms of bringing their own voice and their own ideas on um, on how the project could, could develop. Um, so, yeah, this is just to show that throughout the years we have been doing a lot of different activities. Uh, of course, uh, we have been working with the artistic residencies and exhibitions but a lot of public programs uh, that have taken very diverse forms, uh, field trips, workshops, performances, uh, a lot of conversations with experts from various fields um, uh, and something that is very very important to me uh, is also since last year the collaboration that we established with Darbelage uh, which is a foundation in the Medina that works Extremely well, and um, with the with the local community, primarily of women, um, and with them we have uh, really created a synergy and a partnership um, between Canat and a program that is run by the foundation that is called um, Collective Workshops, which is also somehow an horizontal platform of learnings in which participants, so inhabitants of the Medina, are put in, are somehow in dialogue with artists or researchers in a quite uh, yeah, horizontal process of, of uh, circulation of knowledges and 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 methods. Um, so to, just to give maybe a couple of examples of activities that we have done with Darbelage lately. Uh, for instance, Abdelah Asak, an artist that many of you know, um, has been working with them for several uh, months now on sound art and also radio as a tool uh, to collect, re um, and share living memories uh, around the Medina, around the history of the city, uh, and around the relationship between um, uh, these women specifically and their neighbors. Too, actually and uh different waterscapes that are uh, about about to disappear or have disappeared um Another project that we started last year with some people in this room, um, and that is part of a, one research line that is called Entangle Ecologies, um, has been looking more into the relationship between food cultures and, um, and green spaces in the city. And after um, our first session last year, now we are working uh, again with this group of women to, uh, to set up a seed library in Darbelaj as a potential premise for the the community to to install new green spaces in the Medina on their own terms, um, so yeah, just to try to conc- conclude briefly, what I'm. I'm um, um, what we've been trying to do uh, with these different uh, methods and activities has been to try to bring together knowledges, memories, desires, and visions of different people from artists and researchers to uh, students and uh, inhabitants of the of the Medina specifically. Um, and as I was saying, this mode of opening up and inviting people to collaborate has also had a, a concrete impact on Canat Per Se that has moved from, let's say, a program line within Lady suite that basically me and Leila had been uh, you know um thinking through uh, in the first years to um, an actual uh, collective uh, collective project that today has more or less 10 people involved um and uh, uh, and that's a whole other set of dynamics that is very interesting to look at what it takes and what it means and what it demands to actually work collectively suddenly. And also from my very personal experience of, of this, like, you know, leaving the baby <laughs> somehow to, to a, a broader group of people to kind of decide in which direction it, it will go. Uh, it's, uh, it's somehow, um, yeah, testing on a small scale ourselves, this preparing for the not yet because the project is somehow going. We don't know exactly where, um, um, but yeah, uh, I think this was uh, the workshop with the women on the gardens. Um, but yeah, to conclude, uh, I think one one important point that we learned specifically in this last year and working together and more and more collectively is that uh, processes of commoning and collective making uh, often cannot go uh, hand in hand with a cycle of production and consumption, which is, uh, I think, a fundamental challenge uh, for all of us that often have also grants to uh, have to um, somehow comply with. <laughs> and um, and that um, failures are a constant uh, in, in these processes. And I think what is interesting maybe to discuss later on is what do we understand uh, from a failed project and what actually is st- there what, what grains remain be- beyond a uh, supposedly uh, or statutorily failed project uh, in terms of um, uh, com- of practices knowledges networks uh, and ideas that have, have been common <laughs> somehow uh, in in that process no matter whether it's still alive or it uh, somehow died in a in a certain way um, yeah i think I'll stop here. I've been <laughs> rushing a lot because I realized that my talk was way longer than 10, 15, the 10 minutes. So. That's fine. No, thank you so much for that. I think it's important, as you were saying,
0: to to talk in terms of uh, failure or success. Uh, Sofiane was saying uh, that he... Uh, something about like... Uh, uh, um, rejecting the idea of the success as something that is also somehow portrayed by the result of it no? uh, and I think sometimes reporting right like having to work specifically to um, to comply with certain others no? that are absolutely outside of the context made some, something to look as a failure when in reality perhaps a success or a, a moment uh, in the journey for and I don't want to say success, but a moment in the journey of an experience, right? That, that is, in any case, bringing a certain kind of satisfaction of fulfilling, as you were saying earlier, no, the needs and desire of the community that is involved. And, and if it's something that I take on... Uh, of what you were also saying is this idea of effectively engaging, no? not necessarily effectively, which is what the report is that we will we'll be looking at. No? So, but but, I, but I, I love for us to engage in that uh, later on when we open the discussions among us because I think there are parallel um, narrative that we one can establish here. I'm gonna pass the the button to uh, Carlos. Um, no worries about time. It's okay. You just talk. <laughs> so I'm
3: going to use my watch to, to pass the. Uh, so
0: <laughs> I thought you. You're so, it's incredible. You're so absolutely technologically advanced. I was caught by surprise. Come, go from, ahead. Coming from the desert. Coming from the desert, that's why I'm like. One shouldn't have any preconception about what a desert yeah. guy can do, but anyhow, there you, you go.
3: You, you will be surprised about the technology used by nomads. Well, well uh, in 2015, we started in the oasis of Tirmert. Uh, um, a kind of festival called Caravan Mart, where we proposed uh, artists uh, to, to come um, to do some works based on the place and the, the culture of the, this uh, amazing space. So artists came, Rashid O'Ni worked on, um, on water, uh, and Bart Bushishi on the identity through the, the traces in the houses, Aisa um, Olafur on the architecture and the problem with the abandoned houses. Then there were also uh, Mohamed Ardal, uh, Tajib Nadif, Raimar Beladel, who worked in uh, the courtyard. Other artists like Mohamed El Madawi worked uh, in the plot of the, of the palm grove. Um, and even outside the palm grove, I mean, Gotaybi, he worked on the identity of territories. We also organize some concerts, a traditional concerts from the, the tribes uh, called Gedra and of course contemporary concerts. And that's basically what we do in Tirmart. <laughs> 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 that's basically what people expect from a festival or from a resi- artist residency to, to do, mm. except that we are in Tirmart. And maybe it's better to start again. <laughs> because you have to know that Tirmart is a small oasis 15 kilometers far from Gelmin, in the Gelmin region. And even if today there is not a lot of uh, material heritage, uh, it was uh, a city that at least from the ninth century was very important. Like uh, other cities like uh, Tamdult, uh, or today uh, doesn't exist, uh, you have also Gisland called Taragalt uh, and um, Rizani called Sigilmasa. Also with Fez, so in the, in the ninth, ninth century it was al- almost the old cities. If we can say city in that period, no, and um, they were very very important because uh, they they belonged to a net of caravan uh, routes connected not just. Uh, uh, in the case of Tirmart or Col Nulanta with uh, countries like Mauritania or like Mali, but in fact, it was a trade connecting Europe to Africa. That's the important. And still today, you can have traces of that uh, um, connection. It doesn't matter if Mauritania is uh, 1,000 kilometers far from, from Tirmart and that the oasis of uh, Schengeti and, and Wadan were uh, connected. There are also a common history uh, through the, the slaves. There is a, a small festival in, in, in Tirmart, the slave festival, because the descendants of the slave they still uh, celebrate uh, the time when they arrive with the caravan that they arrived saved. So they still do that once per, per year. And there is also the architecture. Near uh, Tirmart there is a taragist. Uh, that uh, it was built in the 11th century with an architecture that in, made in stone that is very similar to the one you can find in Wadan. In fact, one of the main tribes in the, the, the Nun region was a part of the, the confederation that was uh, formed in the end of the 11th century in this uh, region of Mauritania, given to the dynasty called Almoravids. Which is supposed to be the first idea of a state in Morocco, and who are the one who founded Marrakech? So the importance of the small places in Morocco. Sometimes they are not well admitted by Moroccans. No. Um, last month we we were I, uh, with. Younes, uh, with Ahmed Daba from, from Tirmat, we went to, um, to Mauritania and we have meetings with researchers, with artists, with uh, cultural activists from Nouakchott, but also to Wadan, and probably we are going to, to work together next uh, next year. Um, but let's back to, to Tirmat, because it's a small oasis, but we have to explain why we started to, to bring artists there. So in 2014, uh while the inhabitants of the oasis were isolated for two weeks because of the floods, they could watch on the internet how the American army sent helicopters to rescue tourists. But nobody came here to ask if they need some help. What happened if, they, if there were some people sick or, or women pregnant? Nobody at all. So they have to organise themselves in order to relocate the families that uh, lost uh, their, their houses. And that was one of the many groups of young people with Ahmed Dabah, um, which was is uh, a co-founder of Caravan Marta. And after that um, disaster with Bushra Budali, we were talking, we need to do something. Because the people really feel abandoned by the government. And there is like a, a kind of depression spread over the, the oasis. So let's do a party. Let's do a festival. So... Let's bring some happiness to the, to the Oasis. Um, from the very best, for the very first uh, moment, we decided not to do a festival for the people, but with the people. And that will change everything, all the approach. So, overall, overall concerning the, one of the main <laughs> problems Morocco has is the youth. They don't know what to do with them. Doesn't matter if we are talking about big cities, it doesn't matter if we are talking about rural areas. Um, and that's why from the from from the first year we engage conversation with them, of course, uh, with the artists. And to ask ask ourselves, what can we do for the development of the society? Talking about contemporary art. And that's something also I, I would like to to ask you: what do you do for that? As an artist as a curator, as uh, art galleries, as uh, organizations. For example, the, the, the fair. There is nothing in the program related to that. Are we going to still have most of the population uh, out of the, the culture? M- me, as a Spanish-African citizen, I do believe we cannot do like in Europe. Because now in, in Morocco, Politicians are talking about what we, what they can do with culture. In fact, there is no culture policy. There is no culture ministry. Well, there is one, but you know, Moroccan people, how it works. And when they are talking about culture as a way to develop the economy of the country, culture as an industry, mm. no, but first of all, we, we, there is, it, there is, it is no way to think about that when there is another problem with there is no artistic artistic education in many other places they have huge problem with education how are we going to talk about industry? Industry is good but on another level Uh, three years ago the president of the commune of uh, Gelmin he asked us to come because uh, he said, he was very frankly with us look, we do nothing for culture we spend all the money organizing some concerts, which means entertainment, in Gelmim in summertime. On the other period of the time, we do nothing and we do nothing outside Gelmim. The problem is that we have money, but we don't know what to do. You don't have money, you, you know what to do. Can you please work together? Can you please do a project to do artist uh, education or cultural events in the small places? We said yes we did a project for free and three years later we are still waiting at least for a a thanks because we had no news uh, at all so again in Tiermart from the beginning we have no funding every time we we ask for for money it doesn't interest to, to Moroccan institutions, Arabic institutions or European institutions. They don't care at all about who the artists are, what they are doing. They have no visibility like in Marrakech. They are talking about the, the community. If you think who is really working with community you know, nowadays in Morocco. Well, in Tangier, you have Think Tangier. Ishan Bouzid is over there. Uh, Rabat. No, Rabat, no. Uh, Casablanca. <laughs> You have Luzine, uh, Marrakech, you have Le Dizuit, you have Darbelage, a little bit uh, Picala. Um, now, Eric, well, now Eric van Hoven with his project with Artisan and uh, working with the students, very, very interesting. But that's all What what's happening in the rural areas. There is nothing. Well, we are trying to do our best in, in Tirmart. We already started also with Abdel Jalil, Salut. Uh, and Gilles Zoubri, a project uh, in, in Moulay Busta al-Hamar. Al, al but uh, it doesn't matter. We, the fact of not having money, it makes you more free to do whatever you want without justifying nothing at all. So not, justifying nothing at all, which means not just money, but also uh, creativity. So, And the desert, which is great in the desert, is that when people arrive there, they have the, an idea of the desert through films and, and novels, but also they are afraid of the desert to get lost, to, to die because of uh, the lack of water. And that makes that uh, we propose artists, you can come here, you can do workshops, you can produce something, but what, with the material you are going to find on the duazis, we have no money for production, or you do nothing. So imagine if you have money from the French Institute or from other institutions, how are you going to say that you did nothing with the money? They are not going to accept that. And when you do workshops, it's not just to to entertain the people. It's to learn with them. It's to share with them. When Rashid Ounni did this uh, workshop in 2013, even before Caravan Tirmart, I personally learned a lot about the irrigation system of the Oasis and the economical, social, and spatial implications. But the children that worked with us, like the one on the left is Ali, It was eight years old at that moment. Every year he has been working with artists. And what happened, what is the impact? The impact, I'm sorry, it's not what these institutions are waiting for you when you fill the applications. How many workshops? How many people? How many how many hours? No, that's the impact. The impact is when a, a child working for years for an artist now he bring he take uh, Munia Bushra. Do you have something in your phone to show your work? Yeah, for sure. And they stay one hour and a half discussing. And Munia Tomikhalos. They are asking so in, so many interesting questions that it's incredible, what's happening here with the people? What happens is that we work with them, not, for, not for, for them. And what happened when you organize contemporary dance workshops with Amar al-Bajarad or with uh, Sa'ad al-Hadaji or uh, Manon de Matuko? It happened that uh, this kid, Soufiane, running away from Mohamed Arzad, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he did a, a workshop with Claudia Triozzi, a uh, very well known performer in France. She's from Italy. And because she, he worked with her, he had to, to leave the, the oasis because uh, he was sick and he's now living in France. But he said to his mother, Maman, I want to become a dancer. And Claudia helped them to, to, to search for a, a dance school in, in France. And, the, and the, the, Soufiane is now telling, Maman, you have to say to Carlos and Ahmed that once I became a great dancer, I'm going to come to the Oasis to, to perform for them. <laughs> and he's still at, at, he's still at the uh, dance school. But it is also a question when you talk with people, Mohammed Shafai so he's starting to, to work with us. And now he's reinforced his identity. And now he, the poetry he didn't want to, to show, now he's showing that to Marion Lecrivain. And the same thing as for the musicians. Um, and there is also a sharing. When I'm Shata, she's one of the best uh, Ghedra dancers in the Hasania culture, and we proposed Miriam Yazduli if uh, she wanted to do something with traditional dances. And she accepted, um, sorry, she accepted, and now if you are living in uh, still in Marrakech next month, she is going to present uh, um, her new creation, Folkha, in the Biennale. But one week before, she is going to present that in New York. So people are talking now, uh, Miriam am just working on the Geder dance, that which comes from 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 Gelming. and it's just to share knowledge. There's also I'm finishing the the nomadism, that people used to think that they are people that have nothing at all. Um, they are wise people, and um, it doesn't matter. Sometimes there are, you can see the the one of the multiple exhibitions of Mohammed Arda, but also the with uh, they can visit uh, and learn about what uh, people like Embary Bushis have done um, from, from that. Or even myself as an architect, I have, I have learned a lot of things that them we try to um, to provide some solution to their problem nomads have. You know? um, and the last thing also is the a lot of people think that they cannot work with people that have nothing to do with contemporary art. But I, I must say they are wrong. It, it takes also you, you need to, to make an effort because um, Gilles Subri, uh some artists and uh, Heidi Vogels, filmmaker, they they collaborated together when I arrived to Tirat, and they wanted to work with these women. So imagine the, the, this scene. How are you going to, to address to that women with a sixty mm camera, which is a huge one. And they wanted to know, that's for television, that's for a documentary. No, that's for a sound and visual installation. So, How are you going to explain that? So we had three or four times lunch with, with them, and they accepted to be recorded. But then we, have, we, we said, look, in two months, we are going to have Caravan Tirmart. So you can come. We are going to do a private session. We are going to show why we are we here. And they had a very, very interesting conversation, even if they have some problem of communication. Uh, when talking about communication, it's not just about the language, but it's about the language ye- some of you, artists, curators, organizers, use with or the people that <laughs> even a lot of people don't understand from the from the, from the contemporary <laughs> art. So it is not because you, you use another language more, not simple, but with other words that they are going to, to, to express what do you want to do. And they were um, they, they they had the obligation to communicate themselves. You know? After that meeting, they performed on the on the middle of the oasis. And it was really amazing. People recognised the images of the oasis, recognised uh, the women singing. And um, at the end, one day later, Miriam called me on telephone. Hi Carlos, I am Miriam. We loved what uh, Gilles and Heidi did. So now you have my number. If they come back and they want to, to still to work with us, I will tell you where are we working so they can come. And we can continue to, to work to, together. No? And that's something that uh, I am the most proud is when you see a picture like that, uh, you cannot distinguish between the artist and the inhabitants. While in most of the city, there is an elite circle and then there is the wall. So again, what are you going? What are we going to do to change that? Especially in a country like Morocco. Thank you. Right. Thank you for
0: everybody. Thank you, Carlos. Um, there is a lot that we had uh, tried to engage with, and I don't know if it, if any of the. Panelists feel like the other have produced something that prone an immediate comment? No? On scratch? No? Um, I mean, there is something you, you said that, that is also had been uh, discussed during these past few days, no? which is all these projects, all the aim or are in, uh, inscribed in a, in a very specific micro context, which is the art or the realm of art, if you want, they aim to be projects that. That break that that connect peer to peer that connect uh, the city dwellers the city and inhabitants of, um, with others that are looking at what is being produced in the city as a as a shared knowledge. As, as much as a collective making, but as you were saying, um, there's also projects that are thinking in the future not only of the sustainability of a space as, such as an oasis, but also the community, like the youth of Morocco. And I wonder if you, if you have a, if everybody has an, a way to address or. or how how the, what how we can listen the desire of these individuals because it's not only about as you said no, what you can do for them but with them no how how one builds relationship with artists with local with youth with um, how we bring together with us now people from different generations to build a collective project no with all their the um, the implication. Complex as they are, no, I don't know if you if you have something to add to that.
1: I, I don't have a long answer, but for me, I think what's really core to all of that is human connection and something that's built over time, so really just spending time in conversation and connecting with people. Um, One of the points that um, I was thinking about when you were speaking, um, which is slightly separate to this, but was around this idea of scalability, you know, when you were talking about when you finally have to give over your project and involve other people, and it's something that I've struggled with or, or thought about in terms of future assembly because it relies so much on me as an individual, and one-to-one connections that I build with partner institutions, with artists, and I don't know how scalable that is or how replicable that is. Mm -hmm. Um, And in some ways, um, that is the way that I listen and learn and and create the projects that are led by the people involved. Um, But in terms of it being a model that's kind of, like, transferable or could be, be used in other contexts by other people, I don't know how that would, you know, how that would work
2: yeah i think i agree that uh, the 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 temporal and the, the time component is 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 just extremely esen- essential and crucial and um i think for us one one aspect that i personally have been struggling a lot with um has been the format of the residency uh, for a very long time um particularly when it comes to inviting or having artists that are mainly come from Europe for instance um, and that uh, have at the beginning often except for certain cases because of personal path and and, uh, and culture but uh, in most cases have a completely distorted understanding of what's going on, specifically in Marrakesh, in the Medina etc. And the difficulty and time that it takes to kind of, uh, you know, uh, also uh, help understanding things differently um, has also brought us to uh, R- reiterate invitation a lot of times, um, and well, Shaima is uh, an example here. But there are uh, many, many artists that we have been working with, and that as long as there was a, somehow an, an affinity that uh, that came to uh, form, uh, we have been inviting them to c- to come over again, and that that allows to um, them specifically to create a stronger relationship with. A context or a community when it comes to work with a specific community um, having said that i believe when it comes to working with specific communities in a certain context the locality is fundamental i mean that's the 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 scale we can work at um there is maybe then a way to scale up in terms of sharing methods of of of, of working but then each look I think each context is, is is unique and and has a its unique set of questions and and problematic that has to be tackled uh, with and I think also there is a question of responsibility and the responsibility is on us institutions us like you know that that keep doing the work on a constant base with the the variables of maybe artists in our specific case um that come and go and come and go.
0: I was thinking um, before I give you the chance to to continue this topic in something that I think both of you share. You say something about people before program and you say something about sort of like considering people as in the infrastructure, right? Like the, the idea of how when um, uh, this responsibility resides in, in also making the common... The structure by which you progress, right? Like that collective input is the actual institution, right? That is going to follow ahead, and and I was thinking in terms of that sort of like the 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 arc of time that it also takes to create the things. uh, A dream city takes fifteen years to see the results that we see nowadays that are so impactful. But also, I was thinking in the story that you mentioned of these kids, no? The how the how projects reverberate sometimes and where. Um, and, and and I, and I was uh, reminded of the work that Marilyn Dwalavel and, and and the late uh, the the show used to uh, do at um, at Dualar, no, in in Duala in, in Cameroon, where you see that there are works in the public space that impact the life of these kids, and then perhaps in ten years and fifteen years we will see uh, these kids uh, being the one leading the or, or wishing us not having the desire of becoming us. In in the case of the anecdote that you talk. Uh, the, being the dancer that then is going to go back to the oasis. No? Um, and, and, and to me there is something about, as, as you both were pointing out, no? of the impossibility of certain understanding of impact. Uh, that hasn't had, or that is absolutely neoliberal, doesn't have the time to wait for something to flourish. Doesn't understand that, that creating something that is transformative has that needs a long time, that needs a long, long engagement, that needs a effective engagement. No? to follow up what you were saying earlier. Yeah.
3: No, of, of course there is a it's completely different to say that we have. Um, Producing artworks that we are uh, promoting the, the creation. Yeah. Nowadays, everybody is running uh, because they have to, to present a work. There is an exhibition, but there is no time to make researches. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need you need time, but you need to also to, to, to adapt yourself to the to the to the context. It is not the same thing to work with the kids of del Ferran that to do that with the nomads. That to do that with the the people of the of the Oasis. Mm-hmm. Um you have to, for artists, they have to um, to put this. Sometimes I say intellectual armor out. Mm-hmm. You have to address them as a as a as a person. Not, not I don't. You cannot never think that you know more than them. You are more intellectual than than them. You will be surprised the how. Many things you can learn from a nomad. I remember last year with the student from the art school, some of what wanted to know more about um, the stars yeah. as a way to, to make to to navigate in the desert. But then I told him, "Look, there is an alley uh, out, uh, outside of the oasis. You can go to talk to them, and he's going to explain how he feels, how he thinks about the stars." And he came three hours later. He told me, "Carlos, he's not a nomad. He's a philosopher. Mm-hmm. It's incredible." It's incredible, and that's something amazing here in Morocco with the history they have. And there are so many different regions, so many different stories. And there is another point very important: is the the feeling of community. It's something that you have here in the Medina instead of uh, the, the the neighborhood. But uh, also in the south is the question of the tribes. The tribe is something that it is not explained in also Morocco. It's something that they already Uh, uh, forgot but uh, the possibility also to work with tribes um, it makes things much more easier if you want to understand how tribes uh, work Mm -hmm. Um, also I I I was
0: thinking um, this idea of the vernacular knowledges which everybody has uh, highlighted in a way or another during these past few days Um, but also I, I see in a way this this comes Um and I was thinking, uh, Jonas. In uh, I have this morning a uh, walk through the show that you have put together, no? with Philippe and uh, Saima, uh, Feng, the, the ateliers um, and the work that they had done with the craftsmen as as a, as an example of, of of a model. That perhaps this is what I what I was trying to say is that I, my impression. And that's what I, I'm pushing, maybe because Marrakech has this capacity uh, that I don't see anywhere else, like because of the ecosystem that that you have generated, to create different models of engaging uh, with an institutional. Um, uh, framework right like uh, why you need to follow up something that is is happening i don't know not even in the car, no the car could be an example, No, the, how the off biennial operates um but I wonder if in all of this uh, what it, what I, what I see or what i can somehow my immediate response is that the, the, that somehow you're demanding in a way with your projects, different models of collective making, but also archiving, so then it can be displayed or distributed or, or presented in a different way. And I wonder if you can expand a little bit about that, no? about the idea of the models as, as something to to, um, to to break, to, to consider beyond uh, um, what, I don't know, the, 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 the catalog that we
2: have been served with. No? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know exactly how to answer that. I um, mean for the moment I mean to me the, the the way uh the way we have been trying to do it has been to involve uh as many people as possible in the conversation in a way. Uh precisely to yeah, try not to to reproduce um pre yeah, pre-digested uh formats, but rather to yeah, to have different people also coming from different um, both different fields and, and different uh, contexts, of course, this context, but also other contexts in conversation, and um, and in a way, how let's say also our own archive is gonna look like. It, I don't even, uh, even though I have a grant that is asking me to <laughs> <laughs> to to have it done uh, in the next few months, I still don't even know, uh, and we still don't know because it's 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 a, an ongoing conversation that every time we have. Uh, changes slightly uh, too. In um, and I mean, I could talk about. We, we've been, for instance, debating and discussing a lot the question of languages. Um, that it's a, a very sensitive and um, somehow political question uh, here, specifically um, uh, as in other contexts. But uh, uh, I guess I mean, in the context of Marrakech, specifically with the you know this very strong presence and dominance of French, on the one hand, the fact that Isha that is not recognized with a status of a, uh, let's say, written language, to um, this is something that we have been uh, debating internally um, a lot and, and try to uh, to identify potential solutions, one being, um, and that's something we j- have just tested in a few uh, writings that we have produced, um, to use the the, the idea of the marginalia, or comments on the the margin, uh, to an original text, no matter which language that was. Um, Yeah, um, I don't know if it answered the (laughs) question. Uh, uh,
3: Sometimes people ask, what is your methodology, Mm. your model? We never thought about that. You you have to to do what you can do with the people are uh, working with you, and, and that's all. If journalists uh, are not interested to come because they want to be uh, invited, uh, which means uh, to pay the trip and to 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 pay them, uh, say we have no money to to do that with the artist. We're not going to do that with the journalist. Not, we are not going to co- to cover your event. Well, I don't need uh, I don't need you, mm-hmm. and so. We have no no team, no communication team, but we have cell phones. So what we can do with cell phones? And we, because there is no documentation, traditional documentation, we are going to to do our, our own archives. <laughs> if we have no money to to print a book, okay, we are going to do a video. So we, every year we have an epilogue mm-hmm. with talking with artists and people from the Oasis, what the, they think about that. So it's just uh, to do. It's like the, what we learn in the desert. The desert people can build not just, not just a house, but a whole city with, just they found, with the material they find around them, mm-hmm. which means a little bit of water, uh, earth, and wood from the palm grove. That's all. Even better, the nomads. You see what the nomads are, can live with. Uh, so a very few elements always recycle. So that's when I remember one year, they, ah, we, you have to, to print a bag as everybody. I'm not going to do that. We have no money to do that. Who is going to buy that bag? On the other hand, there are women here that we can ask her to do the same thing they, they do with the, the tent, which it means to, to take the, the fabrics and to reduce them as a bag. And that's what, what we, we did. So sometimes the problem is that we have a lot of information coming that you, you should do like that, like that, like that. No, we can, sometimes you cannot, and that's not a problem. It's an advantage, mm-hmm. if you take that, that as an advantage. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, oh, we have no money, we have no support. I have no, no, you have to work, and that's all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's easy.
0: Yes. Apparently so. <laughs> um, at this point, I think it's a good moment to open to the audience um, to ask questions to, um, yeah, to... Our panelists.
4: Can I ask? Oh, sure. Hi. Uh, this is for Hansi. Is that how I say it? So I think it was interesting you said that visibility is made in the West, and I think all of you brought up visibility, which is very interesting. I'm from Zimbabwe, and I find that this question of visibility is so um, constricting because all the artists there, I think, are so in search of this visibility, that they search immediately for the universal as opposed to the particular. And it means that they constantly aren't looking at their community around them and they're just looking at what they can do to get their name out there, to get popular. And my question is how to make the people in in a community, how to get them excited about what's happening around them and the artists around them that are there but aren't being, don't have the want to be particular.
1: I think so much of what you say kind of hits to the the core of that point, which is around um, that exact struggle. How does an artist who's working in Lagos actually get to the next level in terms of his career? Does does he have to have a show in London? How can we capitalise on that knowledge, knowing that that will give some kind of reflective light back in his local context? So uh, with Future Assembly particularly, I was interested in playing with that kind of being aware that that is what happens and thinking about how we can use that constructively Um, but also in terms of my own experience as a practitioner creative practitioner it's so important to be able to engage meaningfully with where you are because I think without that actually you're without an anchor and, and often what's kind of coming out of what you're making can be un you know un more than probably uninteresting, so i don't have the answer, but I think the question is really really important um and actually um interestingly it's not something that um people- people in London also experience this, so lots of the um black British artists that I work with of my generation have a similar kind of problem in relation to african American artists so we have lots of institutions in London who will show you know, the big names of black American artists um, but really, really struggle to lift up artists who are coming from South London, from East London and kind of allow them that same kind of level of visibility. So actually it happens on all different scales and in all different contexts. So I suppose it's thinking about can we observe observe how that system is working, where the power lies and how can we try to um, reorientate it to our advantage um, and also, you know, keep hold of the essence of what you want to create at the same time. So it's, n- <laughs> it's not an easy task, but it's identifying, you know, where the power lies in that and trying to use it.
5: Hi, uh, good evening. Um, my name is Nordin Zeref. Um um, um thank you so much for the the three presentation and for the generosity and um the, the quality of the like yeah the informations um just interested on i think it's a question or maybe uh, more or less a commentary as well um i'm interested on um um like we we're, we're talking about agencies um a community uh, somehow um, community building <laughs> i know i should see the word somehow but yeah it is it is about that as well um like i'm interested in the in, like the importance of language um i know that um, um maybe in london um people speaks uh, a lot of people speak english there is like a common language uh, i know that in medina in the context of medina and this format of residency that was questioned earlier uh, there is always artists that comes from Europe with like local community. I'm um, just interested in how, I mean, t- t- today also the presentation was in English. I'm not sure if the local community speaks English, but I'm just interested in how this um, language, um, like uh, dynamics, are uh, managed and in inside of the project. Is it clear or unclear? Thanks.
1: it's very clear before i hand over to the multilinguists i'm going to be really honest and open because i had a similar conversation recently so i um i struggle with this i feel incredibly guilty of being somebody who only speaks one language um particularly operating in this context where most people are multilingual um in my own personal life experience um being multilingual actually comes with a level of privilege and access to certain types of education or time to be able to school yourself in a second language. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of why I only speak one language. I'm I'm, I'm time poor and I'm I'm not kind of financially (laughs) privileged, Um, so I haven't learned another language, but I'm acutely aware of um, the limits actually that, that I experience from that and that the inability to access different types of knowledge actually from only speaking in one language. So I'll hand over to the multilinguists who will you know, have more to say on that. But that's kind of my experience of, of just being in one
0: language. Before I hand it with the people that yeah. could talk about how to handle multilingual in the context of Marrakech. Because I think um, it will be... So now we are in the fair where we could organize this either in French or in English. The uh, we have uh, Hansi, as she was saying, that speak in English. I can understand full French, but I cannot talk because I'm terrible at it. Uh, and also I never study. Um, but I have to say, like, I had never apologized not to, for not to speak a language. I, I think I had tried my best to always um, I speak in Spanish. Um, uh, and probably that's also a limit. You know, there is a point in your, in your, <laughs> in your life where you're... Have eight uh uh, uh, you're grown up enough uh, that, that that speaking in tones doesn't come to you. It's like, um, but there are other ways to communicate, which are, for me are more important. And I also think because we have been doing this for the past four days, speaking in French and English, changing constantly, uh, I don't speak Arabic, I understand somehow the context when people talk because I have been listening to it for a long time. But I speak Spanish, speak Italian, speak Catalan, um, I speak in the way which is the language of my community. So So there are are ways in which, um, and I'll tell you a personal story which has to do with that as well. Um, My mom is losing her sight, and she had always been very good at speaking in English, but because it was body language, right, like involved. Now that she doesn't have the virtue of seeing the person she's spoken to, she's losing that ability. I have always prized myself with the fact that I, I will communicate with anybody no matter what. Um, I say the other day, like I did this project in Lubumbashi, I used to say, oh, you know, I use these biennial projects to learn the language of every place that I go. Then the brain has a limit, unfortunately. And, but, I, but, uh, but it's important that there is something that happens at a different level. Right. What all these projects have in common is the fact that one can use, for instance, you use the kanat as a way to address things that connect you with people not only in the city of Marrakech, but as you were saying, of all this not yet, uh, uh, the not yetness that your project involves uh, means that it can be translated or somehow be understood, interpreted, read from somewhere else, right, that also is important. What you had, uh, um, talk, dance, uh, cinema, uh, um, any kind of disciplines that, that the people involved in this project were, were uh, engaging with, uh, tell us that there, is a w- there are ways in which we can connect with others. If there is something in the arts that I appreciate is the fact that one connects to a different level. So, if you don't have the language, you have the music, you have the sound, you have the movement, you have your body. You have a hug. You can have somebody. You understand what is going on. No? So, I think to me that's also a critical issue. Then there is the institutional framework in which certain things have set or established. So, then somebody that doesn't speak the language, or doesn't un- or, or believe believe that doesn't understand what is going on, feel non welcome, which is a problem, right? And and sometimes we had to create. Oh oh let's say we had to I would say uh give some sort of uh pattern that is softer, that is malleable, that is human at the end of the day no? because in 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 the, in, in the human uh, at the human level, at the body level, we all understand each other right but i but I think institutional levels sometimes prevent that connection because there is a wall, there is an entrance, there is a barrier. There is somebody at the door that is asking you, do you have a room here? Uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All those things prevent the other part, which is the hug, the smile, the connection, right? But I will say this, uh, don't judge the world for this panel or the the, the fact that we were talking about uh, all of these projects in a certain language, just, you know, like, take, I, I will get this, I stay just with the, with the project.
3: But I... I I forgot when I was talking about the, the problem with culture artistic artistic education education there is another problem in Moroccan language and bordel absolu um, and and that's the, the, the beginning of all the problems a, a lot of problems you have here no but um, I, re- I remember the first caravandirmat we do the epilogue I asked the first question to the young people that worked with us in Fusha. I was so proud to, to make the question in Fusha. And when I finished, someone translated in Hassania what I said. Oh, <laughs> <merde>. <laughs> But the problem was that the, this young um, guy, Ayub Vosi, he told me, he, he spoke quite well French. But he told me, Carlos, I hate Fusha. Mm. Because Fusha is associated to religion, mm. to Quran. So I don't find the the, the the interest to to learn that language. In in another place where I used to do researches and sometimes uh, workshop with artists in Tisarmin, there is it is a village of 20 families, all of them Berbers, except one, which is Arabic. And I used to play a lot with the kids. And I tried to communicate in Fosha. And one day, Selma, 10 years old, Carlos, why are you learning Fosha? If everybody here is speaking Berber, I, I, I told Selma, Selma, but if I learn Berber from this village, do you think that then I'm going to communicate with this Berber in the reef? Ah, oh, no, it's not going to work. So let's start uh, learning Fusha, and then let's let's see about the Berber. But the fact is that uh, they have no electricity in the village, so I brought uh, every time I, I bring with me some uh, Arabic cartoons after the second or the third time i we watched some some films they told me my friend that they they were starting to improve the fusha because now they saw the ability or the the interest to 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 learn that language to to know more so for me we should use culture to uh, to to make people to be interested to learn not land, not one language but several because you are able to speak fluently three four languages you're not like Europeans <laughs> and so you have to, to to be aware of that so let's use culture to learn it's not just it isn't just about Tarija or berber or fusha or french or english you can learn the five of them maybe you need some 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 help i don't know from in the education system which is impossible to think about that but uh, culture is a, a way to 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 learn you know
2: um well i mean in terms of legislation in Canada nobody knows enough well <laughs> the whole context and as i was saying i mean the question of language has been i mean uh, has been brought on the table, and I believe we still don't have uh, necessarily found i don't know one one so solution to to find that common i mean we've been trying to to at least in terms of when I, um, in terms of the group that has been working around Kanat, I do believe that this time that we have spent together has allowed, even though there are fundamental uh, inequalities in 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 in, legu- in language familiarity, to little by little construct um, a shared grammar. And I think it goes back to what you were saying that it doesn't necessarily just go through one language or two languages, but it's also something that uh, that is in of the order of. Uh, yeah, the affectivity, hug- hugging, or um, or spending spending time together. Having said that, yeah, you you n- you know that it's part of um, the the set of questions that that we have and uh, that we, I mean, that we have been thinking uh, a lot about um, how yeah how to kind of navigate that um, in a different way, I guess.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to add to that and. Um, for me, one something that I've kind of centred on that's really important is this idea of experience and knowledge by experience, and it connects back to what you're saying. Um, and actually, I think this happens even within languages, and you also mentioned about kind of art speak. Um, and I think as curators who speak English, it's very easy to get caught up in thinking that you must curate from this basis of, like, German philosophy, or, you know, that you must enter put in all these kind of concepts that you maybe hackneyed, have hackneyed knowledge of, and actually, I've tried to really kind of stand down from that and to, um, in an in exhibition that I'm currently working on, try to sink back down into human experience and work from that basis. Because actually, we're all incredibly knowledgeable uh, in what it means to be human and to try and connect on that level. Um, so, for me, and it's going back to the kind of vernacular, thinking about what do we all know from our lived experience and how can we share that with others? And that's the kind of language that I'm interested in operating in, kind of curatorially. Yes.
6: Uh, so, I wanted also to add on the questions of, I'm sorry, I'm Hisham, I'm from Tangier. Uh, on the idea, on the, yeah, on th- this question that was raised up about the language and actually trying to also frame it on the semantic way. I mean, because language is also, of course, there's this issue of speaking English, uh, Arabic, or or French, or whatever other language, but it's also the way how we speak. And I think it's also really sh- uh, like showcase where we stand from. And I think there is some issues around this, because when we speak about community projects, I mean, all those terminology that are actually, for me, are like uh, funders, you know, uh, uh, kind of the defend, defender way how frames art artistic and cultural projects today and then we art uh, art organizations are taking over as something that is need to be implemented in our own projects which is actually really problematic because when we talk about impact you know when we talk about, about including communities in the project I think those are like highly problematic issues because it really shows where we stand from like we stand from a place that we're already consider, considering ourselves as, you know, some 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 organizations or artists or people who are have this knowledge that must be shared, you know, and then we need to include the community in this knowledge that I only have, and uh, this is at the first, uh, yeah, level, and at the cer- cer- uh, another level is. Uh, yeah, I think the way of how the organization, uh, the cultural organizations today are uh, kind of you know set in Morocco or uh, in the region, are also following this idea of cultural industry, and I think it's very important to like highlight with where where this word is coming from. The cultural industry is really coming from a European and American context, where uh, post-industrial era we had all those spaces empty, you know, like. Uh, there was no in this like uh, real hardcore industry because they're all decentralized from the west. I mean, from Europe and from the states to the third world. I mean, to this global south, right? And this is actually us, kind of. And then uh, we needed to fill something with these spaces, and we created this notion of cultural industry. And this does not at all like apply. To our context today you know like we cannot take those models as a reference like as a system of production that can be implemented in or can be w- that with the, like uh, yeah models that can a <laughs> models that we can work with here and this is what is interesting I think that all this conversation is hi- heightened up is like today I think there is some we realize that there is something that is wrong. I mean that the communities that we work with or are just like very small intellectual, you know, circles. And then we think that we need to, might to open up. And there we, where, where I think that the new methodologies and this conversation is important because we need to re- redefine what's, you know, what is a community. Mm-hmm. Uh, how can we involve? I mean. Just the way, of saying involving a community, that it means that it's already excluded, you know? It's already, it's not there. And I think it should be there since the beginning, since the very beginning of the reflection on the project itself.
0: Mm. Um, um, well, thank you both, because I, I just take this opportunity to, to um, uh, just to, very quickly, to address something you were saying at the beginning before we got caught on the language, because you, you were sort of, like, hesitating about uh, when you said about, you know, like, this idea of community building, which i I, I had to say like i I remember uh, also sort of rethinking in a project and i say no let's let 's think about institution building instead of community building in the sense that um, I consider uh, ritual as an institution, I consider community as such no an intangible the intangible aspect of it like I, I, I consider community as an intangible heritage right like a, um, I think not necessarily because uh, as you said very well. Uh, very beautifully that community is excluded of some project, and then we feel like we are we are somehow entitled within the cultural industry to bring them with us. No, that's what I don't like either. Uh, community building, because in a way, community is already there. In any case, if we can do something, is to help to preserve it. Uh, if there is a threat to that community, no. Uh, but there is something also um, that you were saying, which is, which in a way, um, again is. Uh, Goes to to the idea of of the model being something that we need to not necessarily reinvent, but to make anew in the sense that it perhaps it already exists, as you have been showing uh, in vernacular communities, and we just need to put that on the on the platform in a in a way that perhaps none of the abstract uh, weight of reporting to international organisations that support us with grants, etc., are going to be able to capture. But it, but that's the way that needs to be. That's why I'm, I'm for, like I'm I'm almost like thinking there is something here, very peculiar uh, in the sort of in the art world in Marrakech that perhaps make a push for a change of models that not necessarily is a model anymore, but all these models surviving, living together, working together, right? And perhaps it is, is in the network of uh, organizations that are considering. Other knowledges, other epistemologies, working collaboratively, thinking and rethinking definitions that have been given that perhaps doesn't fit. We don't know how to say agency in other languages because perhaps the agency I've thought in the English term doesn't fit here. We need to rethink it, right? So that that, that for me is the is the key here, no? like the how can one do that no? and escape the idea because I see this as a way of self-reflecting. But, but escaping the idea of self centering. Right? I think that's also quite key. No? Uh, at the end of the day, I keep uh, in my personal work as a researcher. I think about the collective, any collective formation, as much more interested than individual artists. But also, I see that there are many artists that, from their own particular passion or curators, are trying to open up collective platform. So it's that sense of the collective that is important uh, to me, and it's also something that I'm trying to bring to the showroom in a way, no? which already assisted in the in the in the organization as a as part of this communal knowledge project with. Again, it's a conversation between um, uh, different organizations and and the showroom. But then one thing I realized is that after 10 years of of that program operating in London, is that some of the organizations, of course, were demanding long-term, right? Can we do something that is not just a workshop or working with these artists, and then we disappear for another two years or three years or four years, or even we don't appear in the institution history anymore? And then the second one, it was that uh, the, the very first things that I did when I was appointed was to do these breakfasts and meetings, etc., where I invited everybody to come. And, and then I realized that some of these, uh, let's say let's call it uh, social agents, uh, have been there collaborating with the organization, but some of them didn't know each other. And some of them didn't know that there were resources that they can take from each other without the necessary need of the institution. So also, again, no, the responsibility of how can one filter into an ecosystem that is going to be sustainable once you know something like the showroom disappears, if it disappears at some point, or you move to a different neighborhood, right? So that's also, I think, that those are the key things that, you know, so th- thank you for both your comments, because there are things that, that your comments brought in the, in the way that I'm considering art, or not necessarily just in London, but in general. If nobody has any other question, we give you to, the, to you, and then we we'll probably wrap up today because we want to go to week to the other conversation that is also very important.
5: But since we, Hisham, addressed the, the the question of models, uh, um, um, a lot of uh, we know that it's also a, um, a governmentally debated question. <laughs> like there is a uh, a committee going on right now under the government called uh, for like Comité de du plan du modèle de de développement. So like it's a really uh, contemporary question like in this uh, in, in work but uh, uh so uh, talking about models this is more than phrase sorry <laughs> um um I was just because when i i asked about the differences of language, I I thought I, th- I thought about um, Gleason's ideas of, of, of opacity, and I think uh, if we talk about the commons, um, I would like to talk about the uncommons as well. Like what you know, the commons that also. Um, no, like we, we should also de-localize, decolonize, uh, the, the, uh, the, this idea of the, the transparency, universality. We all love each other. We all understand each other. That sometimes there is some uncommon thing, things that we cannot translate, the untranslatable, the unspoken, etc.
0: But just remember that for Glissant, opacity is not obscurity. Which is also a key thing. So opacity in this case means not to be framed by the specific uh, ethos of transparency that the Western world brings. No? It's about you being whoever you want at any given time. Multilingual, right? Uh, not uh, participatory, right? All these things that make you being a being beyond the being. And, and one of the, the things that I, I was saying, we mentioned, Glisan, um over the course of these days because there is something also... That I think is uh, is extremely beautiful about him himself, no? That uh, a philosoph- as a philosopher, he decided on poetics in order to talk about a philosophical uh, approach to something else that wasn't there, no? And archipelago and the cows' moon is more a poetry than it is a a a a, philosoph- a, tra- a philosophical uh, treat. Yeah, so I think it's it's also very important no, that poetry, which means art, which means um, sensuality, which means the body as a key feature, no, uh, for which we can connect uh, uh, with knowledge and uh, in a different way. But we we're gonna take your comment on that and the idea of the opacity, which I love. Uh, uh, to finish uh, this conversation and thanking once again Carlos Francesca and Hansi uh, and to you all for being such an engaged audience thank you so much <laughs> and i hope we see each other at this week at 7 19h uh, for the conversations around the show that they have put together. Thank you so much. I just realized that this is the last moment I I won't talk later on. I just want to thank once again to Olivia Peterson in particular for helping us to put together this project, to Raul Muñoz de la Vega, uh, co-curator of this program, and to all the... Contributors that have been with us for three days. If you want join us to, tomorrow at the uh, Visual Art School, where we're gonna talk a little bit more about the program, we will engage with some of the discussions we have have, etc. Uh, but thank you so much so, for this incredible, warm. Uh, this is, has been, at least for me, absolutely transformative. I have I have been reborn in this city, so I'm very I'm very I'm very um, grateful. Thank you so much.